0: Steph Curry with the shot Been cooking with the sauce Chef Curry with the pot boy. Live from the 301 Live from the pot I want to welcome my audience Episode number 115 of Curry in the Pot Yes, yes, yes Episode number 115 Mike Curry is getting ready to turn 25 <laughs> Yeah, I turned 25 on Saturday, January the 18th Um yeah, man, another cele- another year, man, another year I'm going to celebrate, man, celebration of life, bro, I'll be 25 on Saturday, I'm recording this on Thursday, January the 16th, uh, so big shout out to all my Capricorns out there, man, real talk, big shout out to all the Capricorns, man, Capricorn season is winding down, but it don't end until my birthday arrives and goes, so, yeah, man, shout out to all my Capricorns, man, I'm back here, and I'm back with another episode, we got a lot to discuss, man, I'm going to take it back. To how I used to do my episodes, man. I'm going to take it back. I used to cover a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff, man. But I just feel like I don't I don't really do that no more. So, to all my day ones that know what I'm talking about, Zeke B. Jones. Uh, all my day one listeners, obviously, if I'm forgetting the name, I apologize. But y'all know exactly where I'm going, man. We got tons of stuff to talk about. We got national championship recap. Uh, shout out to the LSU Tigers for beating Clemson in the national championship. We still got to cover the divisional round. It was a wild divisional round, man. Oh, that Chiefs game was crazy. I'm going to talk about that, obviously. And obviously, I'm going to talk about the conference championship games this weekend. I'm going to talk about that. We got baseball. The Astros are in trouble. People went down in this scandal. I'm going to touch on that just a little bit. Probably talk about that first. Uh, Luke keekley had a surprise retirement. Retired at age... 28, and that was very shocking. I was definitely shocked. I didn't, I did not see that coming. Um, so I'm going to talk about that, and I guess a few more things if they, you know, just come and pop into my head. So let's talk and let's start with the Houston Astros. I'm going to talk about that real briefly. Uh, for you people that don't like baseball, just listen, just listen because this is wild, man. Oh, and the WNBA, I got to talk about that too. I got to talk about that. Uh, so I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start with baseball. I'm gonna talk about the Astros. Then I'm gonna hop into this WNBA. Big news happened the other day. So the Houston Astros had a cheating scandal going, and they were stealing signs from the opposing teams and the opposing pitcher, the opposing pitchers. I'm sorry. So they won the World Series in 2017. We don't even know if it even occurred these last few years, but we know for sure that this happened at earliest in 2017, and it happened through their postseason run where they won the World Series. So now we have to look at the people that's responsible in a different light, and we even have to look at other players in a different light, like the, the great hitters that they have, Jose Altuve, um, Carlos Correa, Michael Brantley. We have to look at those guys in a different light because they're stealing pitching signals and catching signals from the other team. And they got caught, man. It's just straight up. They got caught cheating, man. And I've seen stuff that they're calling them the Houston Astros. They're calling them the Astros now because they cheated. And as a result of them cheating, they were penalized heavily by the MLB. And as a result of that, their manager, AJ Hinch, was suspended. And their general manager, Jeff Lundell was also suspended. About an hour later, after those reports came out, they were fired. And they were also fined five million, and they lost their first and second round draft picks for 2020 and 2021. And also, Red Sox manager Alex Cora, who was a part of that Astro staff, has parted ways with the organization. So, when I say this, to say like cheating, like it's crazy it's crazy for it to happen in baseball um i didn't even know you could really i didn't even know you could cheat in baseball until this this whole sign stealing thing came out but i just wanted to touch on that for all the people that's a big time scandal and if if in fact that it was still going on throughout this 2019 postseason where and Nats played the astros and, and if, in fact if the astros would have won Oh man, the the whole DMV would have hated the Astros forever. And the Astros also beat the Yankees this postseason too. So, I'm kind of ticked off about this whole about this whole thing, man, cuz I do like the Yankees. Um, but let's move on, man. Let's talk about the WNBA, man. Some major news happened in the WNBA. So there was a new CBA agreement, man. And this was groundbreaking news. And I think it was well-deserved, man. Especially, um, I've been, over the past, you know, maybe six months to a year, I've been a huge fan of the WNBA. I really just started to watch it and get a feel because people like my um, guy Jalen Houchins. he told me to check it out. Uh, Tykira Carter, the voice that you hear come on this show. Uh, she was telling me, you gotta watch the WNBA. Uh, me and my guy, Mr. Xavier Warey actually went and checked out the Mystics and the Sparks game. Uh, This past season, and it's a good league, man. It's some it's some real good competition, and the new CBA has kicked in. The salary cap is increased by thirty percent. The max salary increase goes from one hundred and seventeen thousand to two hundred and fifteen thousand. The average rookie salary increases by twenty five percent, up to sixty two thousand. Um, and the women are also getting. Um, a fully paid salary on maternity leave which i thought was very big i thought that was huge um and well deserved and this is really just really long overdue honestly if you ask me if you ask just anyone that, that watches the sport or and, and that's really shocking to me i thought i thought they had maternity leave i i really did um so they they got they got they got what they deserve man this is groundbreaking man i just want the WNBA to know that Mike got love for, for WNBA man. I got love for these women who who go out there and hoop man. Cause uh, there's some really good competition in the WNBA. But everything is going up man. The max salary is increasing. The average salary is increasing. Um, better travel arrangements, new childcare. You just love to see it man. The top players can earn a max of 500k, bruh Like. Every player gets their own hotel room. Like, all of this stuff was just long overdue, man. It it really was. So, I want to switch gears. And I want to talk football. I want to talk about the national championship. And just this, like, historic run that LSU went on, man. So, obviously... National championship was on Monday, Monday night. I've, and I don't know about y'all, but I felt like that game that game lasted forever. It lasted like four hours, man. Um, the final score in this one was 42 to 25. Um, I don't really have a prediction or an opinion on it. I mean, number one, Clemson had beat Ohio State. So I lost interest initially in it off the jump because I really wanted Ohio State to win my guy Chase uh, shout out to Chase Young uh, but I just wanted to see that that Buckeyes team go because I watched them very closely this year and I was really hurt man um, that they lost but obviously we got to talk about the two teams uh, LSU and Clemson uh, Trevor Lawrence man this was his first game where he was bad man. I mean he made some good throws here and there but he he was bad man he was flustered he was rattled I just saw I just saw Trevor Lawrence that the panic man, and this is the first time this is his first time losing uh, Since he became the starter uh, They were on a 29 game win streak. We, he never really had to had to go through any adversity And I think this is good for him now. I know Joe Burrow is the hot name the hot topic the hot commodity but I don't think that I think if Trevor Lawrence was coming out. He would still go before Joe Burrow and that's not to take anything away from Joe Burrow. He had an historic season. He had 60 passing touchdowns, the most touchdowns ever. He passed Colt Brennan, a record that lasted about 14 years. And Colt Brennan, he wasn't playing against SEC competition. He wasn't playing against the Alabamas. He, Colt Brennan went to Hawaii. And that's not to take anything away from him, but to put that in perspective of how impressive Joe Burrow's run was. And I'm not even that high on Joe Burrow, man. He did make some great throws. He... It it, it kind of got better every time I, I looked at him like I, I kind of he kind of like grew on me. I wasn't a huge fan, um, still not, but he kind of grew on me. And uh, his Heisman speech was great, and I, he just he just kind of grew on me, man. That's all I could really say, man. But 60 passing touchdowns is just absolutely spectacular. 60 passing touchdowns to six interceptions. Um, but we gotta talk about Clemson, man. We gotta talk about those DBs that were getting abused, man. Um, AJ Terrell. Um They were <laughs> they were just getting abused. The secondary was just getting shredded. Jamar Chase and um What's my guy's name? Uh, Justin Jefferson. They <laughs> they have field days. Jamar Chase had like 150-160 receiving yards in the first half alone. He finished the game with nine catches, 221 yards, two TDs. Justin Jefferson had nine catches, 106 yards. He also declared for the uh, the draft. Um, Patrick Queen as well declared for the draft. Grant Delpit obviously declared for the draft. This game just pretty much cemented everything that LSU did this season. They beat Alabama. They beat Texas. They pretty much beat. They beat the most ranked teams that you could really beat, and all while going undefeated, man. And they've been compared to these historic teams like the 0-1 Miami Hurricanes. They just cemented a magical run, man. And Joe Burrow, he has to be the first pick in the draft. The Bengals, they can't pass up on him. Um, I know. I know Andy Dalton was serviceable for some time, and Marvin Lewis got him to playoffs, uh, you know, a few years in a row. But um, Joe Burrow, man, I, I, think he, I think he has a chance to be good, man. Uh, obviously, the pieces on the Bengals aren't quite there. Uh, we, A.J. Green, we don't know if he'll be back. Uh, I mean, John Ross is there. Joe Mixon, he's a solid back. Um, But, hey, man, shout out to Joe Burrow, man. Shout out to the LSU Tigers for getting that W, man, and winning the national championship. And capping off a historic year. And they were the best team all year, and they proved it. Would have liked to see them play Ohio State. I think everybody would have liked to see Joe Burrow go up against his former school, Ohio State. But, hey, man, shout out to Joe Burrow. I'm um, Moving right along, another story um, that was a shocker this week was the retirement of linebacker Luke Keekley middle linebacker for the Carolina Panthers. He abruptly retired, man. Um, This came out of nowhere. He retired at the age of 28. This was a shocker. Uh, After eight seasons in the NFL, he totaled 1,092 tackles, 18 interceptions, seven Pro Bowls, seven All-Pros, five were first-team defensive rookie of the year, and also a defensive player of the year award. Um, I feel like this is part of a trend. Uh, I think Andrew Luck, his retirement shocked people. And I think this one was shocking just as that one was. Uh, Patrick Willis also retired at the age of 30. Um, Calvin Johnson retired early. We had Rob Gronkowski retire at age 29. But we all kind of saw that coming because his body just wasn't holding up. Um, But Luke Keekly retired at the age of 28. And I was really shocked because Luke Keekly, he's he's always been among the best. Between him and Bobby Wagner, those were the two best middle linebackers. Um, in the National Football League, he was always consistent, he was always a great leader, very smart, very intelligent, high football IQ. And him retiring really caught me off guard. But you got to look at a day and age where these players, all this technology, where people learned, and these players are learning what's going on, what's happening to their bodies. And linebacker is a very brutal position, you're pretty much. You're pretty much going through contact every play, um, whether that's engaging in a block, having to make a tackle. It's a lot of banging, head and neck collisions that takes place at that position. It's one of the more more brutal positions in the football league. You know, right up there with you know being in the trenches. Obviously, O line and D line, um, safeties. They 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 take a beating sometimes too. Um, running backs. They don't have long careers so yeah man i'm kind of sad to see him retire um he said it had nothing to do with ron rivera he said it was just time man and he cried in that video i watched the whole thing it's about a three minute video and just really shocked man but i'm also proud that these players are taking care of their bodies there's there's plenty of life after football age 28 i believe he made about 60 million 60 70 million in, in on the field earnings obviously he made more with endorsements as well um, so he's taking care of his life. I'm sure he has, uh, I, I don't know if he has children, but I'm sure he will have children that, that you know, he has to see, watch grow up. He has to see that. And um, I think this will be a trend that you will continue to see. Obviously, the name that I mentioned, obviously, Andrew Luck retired at age 29. Luke Kuehler retired at age 28. Really sad to see him go because he was one of my favorite players and a well-respected guy around the National Football League. So... Tough to see. But let's move right along, man. We had the divisional round. I'm sorry. Yeah, the divisional round occurred last week. And we had teams coming off of bye weeks. We had the Ravens, who were the best team in football throughout the regular season, 14-2. They went down to the Tennessee Titans. Um, we saw the 49ers. They came off their bye week. And they They didn't miss a beat. They beat the Vikings 27-10. Uh, the Sunday slate we saw the Chiefs have a historic comeback over the Houston Texans We saw the Packers take out the Seahawks. So let's start with the first game of the divisional round weekend And that was the San Francisco 49ers going up against the Minnesota Vikings now I kind of saw this whole Vikings run come to an end um, They bottled up Dalvin cook who I still think isn't a hundred percent right. It isn't healthy um, He only had nine carries for 18 yards didn't really didn't really have an impact at all in this game. The biggest the biggest impact was Stefan Diggs with two catches for 57 yards and a touchdown. And Adam Thielen, five catches for 50 yards. They shut down Kirk. He was under duress the whole game. I saw a video where they were running the 4-3 wide nine formation. And they just shut him down, man. Six sacks. He was under pressure all day. Had a horrible quarterback rating and a QBR. Stats that I don't really really get into but he only had 172 passing yards uh average passing yards per attempt was 5.9 um looking on the flip side of the uh san francisco 49ers they dominated this game in all facets on the ground totaling 186 yards rushing tevin coleman my guy had 105 yards on the ground two tees raheem moister had 58 yards um but they did their thing man they didn't, they didn't win sexy, but I feel like they just won playing that 49ers brand and style of football. That Shanahan style of football. That that pound the ball, chew up the clock, play smash mouth defense. What we've seen from them pretty much all season. And they dominated time of possession 38 to 21 minutes. That's a huge difference. So It's a really big deal, man. And, um... Yeah, like I said, man, they just dominated this game in all facets. Nothing too much to talk about, man. They just controlled the game, controlled the tempo, controlled the clock. And that's what you have to do in the playoffs. And they took care of home field, man. They took care of home field. Shout out to the 49ers for getting that W, 27-10. I'm sure not too many people had the Vikings winning. But yeah, moving right along, man, the nightcap of the Saturday Night Slate. We had the Tennessee Titans on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, This came as a shocker to a lot of people. Um, I gave you guys some intel. I don't know if you guys took it and ran with it. But defensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans, Dean Pease, was a former defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens back when they took on the San Francisco 49ers. We all know about the famous lights out Super Bowl where Beyonce performed. Um, But they're going up against Colin Kaepernick. Uh, Greg Roman was the offensive coordinator at that time. He is now with the Ravens. So similar concepts are being ran, obviously, with the zone read schemes and the read option scheme, all that good stuff. The the stuff that Kaepernick was running, Lamar Jackson is now running. It's probably tweaked a little bit, obviously, but the baseline is still pretty similar so i did give you guys some intel i don't know if you guys listen but yeah man i gave you guys some intel that this this thing could be contained and that's exactly what it was it was contained um mark ingram was still hobbled he obviously wasn't 100 percent with that cap he only had six carries didn't really play lamar jackson had 20 carries 143 yards i feel like a lot of his stats I'm, I'm not gonna call them garbage stats because I don't, I don't, I don't mean that at all. I don't want that to come off as garbage stats. But the whole tempo and the flow of the game was pretty much controlled the entire game. the The Tennessee Titans went up fourteen and nothing and never looked back. Uh, the smallest margin was the seven and nothing lead, and then after the first quarter, and then fourteen and six at halftime, and they came out. With, Clicking on all cylinders with the run game and Derrick Henry on the ground, 21-6 uh, in the third quarter, then 28-6. I mean, the Ravens just never really got it done, never really got anything going. So I'm not calling Lamar Jackson's, not calling his stats garbage stats, but the game was pretty much in control and in hand of the Tennessee Titans pretty much the whole game. Um, Lamar did have 140 yards on the ground, but his receivers are also to blame, man. Six drops. Six drops occur, and it happened on big downs, too. Like on third down, Willie Snead dropped a pass. Uh, Mark Andrews dropped a couple of passes. I hated Hurst. I believe he had a drop. Um, You got to help Lamar. You got to help him. Obviously, he's not magnificent from the pocket. He's not a great thrower of the football, but he, he's he's solid, man. He's good. But you guys got to help him out. Uh, these were catchable balls that were dropped. But I got to give credit to the Tennessee Titans, man. We're seeing that Mike Vrabel is a coach. He's a good coach, uh, a disciple of Bill Belichick. Um, those guys usually don't pan out, but Mike Vrabel, he's showing that he can coach. And that intel that I did give you guys about the coordinator Dean Pease, trust me, they had a good game plan For how to contain the Ravens offense. And that's what they did. And then on the flip side. We got to talk about Derrick Henry. Who has been an absolute monster. Absolute juggernaut. Um, Just over the past six weeks man. He had 195 yards on the ground. 30 carries. I'm going to tell you what man. That's a big dude bro. And. I would not want to tackle that dude. I would not want to tackle that dude man at all man. That guy's guy a tank, um, but final score in this one was 28 to 12. I wasn't shocked. I thought this game would be closer, thought it could go either way, but just me, I could not bet against the Ravens, but I did give you guys some, some research that I did beforehand that showed that this game possibly could have went this way, and it did. Final score, 28 to 12. Moving right along to the Sunday slate, man, wow. I got to dive into this Chiefs and Texans game, man. Woo! So we had the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Houston Texans at Arrowhead, one of the loudest stadiums, and that played a role in this game. But if I would have told you that the Texans, the Texans would have a 24 to nothing lead at Arrowhead at the top of the second quarter, would you believe me if I told you they still lost by 20 points? No, you would not have. Nobody would. But as I was watching this game, I saw a lot of things that where the Texans, they just got a lot of breaks. And they got some stuff that went their way that I just didn't deem as sustainable. I was watching this, and we saw the Kenny Stills, a wide-open touchdown. We saw the block punt that was returned for a touchdown. We saw tyree hill muffed the punt we also saw um four drops in the first quarter by the kansas city chiefs dropped by their receivers we saw travis kelsey drop two balls we saw like i said the muff punt tyree Hill muffed the punt and the texans took over in chiefs territory and scored um, we also saw the texans botch this and i thought they shouldn't have done this so in the second quarter they got the ball and they were Deep in Chiefs territory. And it was fourth and one. And I had just walked back down the steps because the game was blowing me. I, y'all, know, y'all know I like the Chiefs. Still got love for the skins, but I'm on the Chiefs wave right now. And I've been on it for a minute, but we're not we're not talking about that. So the the um Texas had a fourth and one deep on Chiefs territory. I believe on like the eight. I know I believe it was inside the ten. At worst it was on the ten yard line and it was fourth and one nobody's gonna look at the texans crazy if they go for it on fourth and one deep inside of chiefs territory bill o'brien calls a timeout tens on the field goal unit and i think that was a shift in momentum when you're up 21 and nothing and you're on the roll you really have nothing to lose you're kind of playing with house money and i think to make that decision was kind of playing scared because if you go for it on fourth and one you don't get it okay nobody's gonna be like wow that was stupid You're up 21 to nothing, and the Chiefs still have to go 90 yards down the field to score a touchdown. So, if they would have went for that, possibly the momentum could have shifted. Maybe they could have converted on fourth and one. Maybe they could have scored another touchdown, been up 28 to nothing. But when I saw that, I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Momentum is about to change, and it's about to change fast. My guy, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick LeVon Mahomes II, was absolutely spectacular in that second quarter, man. Chiefs immediately drove down the field. Um McCole Hartman had a big return. They set the Chiefs up at about the 40 yard line. And they didn't look back, man. They scored, hooked up with Damian Williams for a 17-yard pass. This was the first of many. Chiefs drove down the field. Um Travis Kelsey scored a five-yard touchdown. Did y'all see that um Texans fake punt that just didn't work out? I thought that was stupid. Um poor coaching. Um poor job by both special teams coaches, honestly. But um yeah, man, the Chiefs went up, man. They started running it up, man. Travis Kelsey had two touchdowns. I'm sorry. He had all three of his touchdowns in that second quarter. Mahomes had four touchdowns alone in that second quarter. Chiefs ended up leading at halftime. They were the first team to trail by 20-plus and have 20-plus in the first quarter and have the lead at halftime. 28-24 to 24 was the score at halftime. It was, it was crazy, bro. It was crazy. They came out at halftime. Picked up right where they left off. Damian Williams had a pair of rushing touchdowns in the third quarter. Texans did score again. Deshaun Watson had a touchdown run late in the third quarter, but the momentum was gone, man. It was gone. Um, Blake Bell caught a touchdown from Patrick Mahomes. Score ended up being 48 to 31 at that point. And Harrison Butker kicked the field goal with about eight minutes left. Uh, this game was pretty much decided. I think I think Bill O'Brien should be fired. But he won't because the Texans got to the second round of the playoffs and he lost on the road. But I I kind of think that Bill O'Brien is like the Jason Garrett of the AFC. Um, yeah, they compete. The Texans make they, they they do make the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. But what do they do when they get there? I do think that Deshaun Watson, as great as he is, he cannot overcome such average play calling and average head coaching. I think Bill O'Brien's all right he got some swag to him, got some charisma, but I think he needs a more innovative mind like a Sean McVay type, obviously, um Kyle Shanahan. Those guys would do wonders for them, but I'm just saying he needs somebody like that of that of that DNA. Um somebody more innovative, you know? But uh final score in this one was 51 to 31. Chiefs covered the spread, they covered everything. It was wild. <laughs> uh, the Sunday night cap was the Green Bay Packers taking on the Seahawks. And I do think this game was a product of the Seahawks just not being able to put anything together early. Um, yes, Russell Wilson did make some magic happen because that's what Russell Wilson does. He didn't have the greatest game, but the, the Texans did have some... I mean, I'm sorry, the Seahawks... I'm sorry, I said Texans. The Seahawks did have some injuries, man. But I just think they... They just think they got off to a slow start, man. And we're losing 21-3 to at halftime. Um, Didn't really start to click until Begin to like the mid third quarter of this game I do think that um that spot that they gave the Packers was questionable I do think the Seahawks should have got the ball because they were looking red hot Towards the end of that game and I do think if the Seahawks would have had another crack at it We would be having a different conversation right now and I do think the Seahawks would have won I do got to give credit though to the Packers a team that I'm not high on um, Aaron Rodgers had two touchdowns in this game. Aaron Jones had two rushing touchdowns. Devontae Adams. Seahawks didn't really seem to have an answer for him. He had eight catches, 160 yards, two TDs. Uh, this guy's a technician, as my guy B. Jones would say, as Jeff would say. They would say, man, uh, <laughs> Devontae Adams is a technician, man. We we saw Chad Asenko crying when he was watching Devontae Adams running routes. He said it was beautiful. But I, I don't think the Packers are scary. I really don't. And i think they will be in for a rude awakening when they go to santa clara and when they play the 49ers i think they will learn from that 37 to 8 37 to um a blowout that they suffered back in november but i'm still gonna rock with the san francisco 49ers and let's switch gears and let's talk about conference championship week i'm excited um on sunday We have a doubleheader. There will be no games on Saturday. But on Sunday, the first game is the Chiefs taking on the Titans. I'm excited for this one. Kickoff is at 3.05 p.m. at Arrowhead. Uh, The Chiefs are favored by 7. But um, I don't want to look past the Titans. And I want to give them credit. Because um, I do think... um, Let's let's, let's, let's take this back a little bit. Um, These two teams did meet up. Back in What week was that? Back in week 10 it was in Tennessee though. Final score was 35 to 32. This was a game where Patrick Mahomes, Patrick LeVon Mahomes II second had 446 passing yards. In this game, I was just like What else what else do you want him to do? Uh Tennessee ran all over them. Derrick Henry had this is where like I think Derrick Henry first started to Really hit the ground running uh, with his, you know, his spectacular streak of rushing performances. He had 23 carries for 188 yards in this game. Um, this game really came down to a blocked field goal to tie the game and send it to overtime. The Tennessee Titans blocked Harrison Bucker's field goal attempt, and it in fact would have sent the game to overtime. Harrison Bucker is one of the best kickers, if not the best, in the National Football League. Um, this game. Would have went to overtime, and we may have had a different conversation. So I say this to say it is tough to beat a team twice in the same year. Um, They're going to look at the film from the previous game, obviously. Um, This game will be played at Arrowhead, which I think could swing the momentum. Um, But I'm looking at this game, and if the Titans are able to continue to run the ball and shoot clock, they may win this game. But the Chiefs, they do put up points, and they do put up points in a hurry. They... You just saw it. You just saw it, man. Four touchdowns in the second quarter by Patrick Mahomes. First touchdown came at the nine-minute mark. So time came off. Six minutes came off before they had their first touchdown. Um, so I'm looking at this game. If the Chiefs are able to contain Derrick Henry, they will definitely win. But if the Titans are able to run the ball like how they've been doing against the Patriots and against the Ravens, they will win this game. Um So I'm excited, man. I I am going to take the Chiefs the Super Bowl that I do want is the Chiefs and the 49ers. I'm hoping that I get it. That's the least the NFL could do for me for my birthday. So, yeah, man, uh, should be a good one. Um, The second game, I don't think is going to be as good because I look at the Packers as a fitness football team. They don't, they're not really physical. And the 49ers got some physical players, especially along that front line, that front seven. And Quan Alexander is back, my guy. Um, but, you know, look at Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner. Uh, Quan Alexander, who I just mentioned, D4. They have some do in that front seven. On the back end, Richard Sherman is still there. He's still playing really good football, man. He still is, man. Even though he got up there in age, um, overcame that Achilles tear, rupture. And um, 49ers have been looking good, man. I expect to see... The 49ers take on the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and that's what I'm y'all out with. So I want to thank everybody for listening. <laughs> I had to do it like how I used to do it, man, come in and talk a bevy of topics. Um, in NBA, I'm going to be back with, with that soon. Uh, Victor Lodipo's is coming back. We will have the debut of Zion next week. I'm going to talk about that too, probably. And, I, and I'll probably throw some NBA in there because it's been a little minute since I talked NBA with y'all. But i'm still watching the NBA, man don't get it twisted i'm still watching saw markel Falls triple double against the lakers last night i saw the rockets game um, rockets and trailblazers last night um, i still been watching you know i still been watching but yeah man i want to thank everybody for the continued love and support i'm your guy mike curry signing out of episode number 115 my birthday is this weekend uh, i appreciate for all the love i'm gonna get uh, thank you guys in advance signing out. Mike Curry is gone. Episode number 1 to 15 is done. Peace.